Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. I'm Grayson Gilbert. And I'm Matt Henry. This was your idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 30 seconds of awkward silence. (laughs) It always makes for scintillating material. I'm trying to pull up the the, uh, scripture. The scripture? Why? The script. Here. Oh, we're not going to do this. Oh, we're just we're, winging we're it. just going to do Mr. Keller or Dr. Oh, Keller or okay. whatever he is. That's our hot topic, which okay. I've now just given it away. <laughs> <laughs> how, how this was supposed to go down is I was supposed to say, so what are we talking about today? Hot <laughs> and that's how we roll here. Yeah, we're coming at you with another hot topics. Or as we say, hot topics. Yep. With Mr. Gilbert. Indeed. Who is packing his pipe. What you got there? What are you smoking? Uh, this is a Cornell and Deal autumn evening. Now, will the snobs out there approve? I don't know. So we'll Do find you out. care? I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> what are you smoking? I am smoking a tobacco especial from Drew State. Oh. And I'm doing something that's... that's H.C. I'm sure that means something. Oh, those are good. I like those. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been pleasant. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about something that I just shared with you guys. And and you said, we Why should just recording? Yeah. do this. Um, background? Basic background? Yeah. Um, apparently this Sunday you got up in your pulpit and... Ranted. Ranted. One giant rant, because you were provoked within your spirit. You had a, a Paul, an Acts 17 moment. Uh, burning in the bosom. <laughs> uh, no, so you, you, but you preached a sermon. Uh, first of all, if, if uh, you're looking for a sermon to listen to, go download that one uh, from, what's your website? MissioDayFellowship.org. Yep. Uh, and you preached that on the 6th. What did you call it? Um, non-negotiables, biblical, or, yeah, non, or, I don't know. A pastoral plea, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a pastoral plea, but I think it started out with non-negotiables or biblical convictions, a pastoral plea. Yeah, and so you, you're preaching through Acts, and you came to a section about how the apostles must be devoted to the Word. Right, everyone and, talks about this is the deacon ministry, or that's how they preach it, and I, I took a different... Uh, line on that because three times it talks about the necessity of the well twice the necessity of the word of God we must attend ourselves to that and then at the end of that section it says and the word of God kept spreading and yeah. my whole point was look um, ministry pressures are such that they are never relenting in fact you and I just had lunch and during that whole time. You were just talking about the various, just, and they're not, nothing deep. I mean, if you guys heard our conversation, you would say, these are all little things. Uh, but yeah, just the pressures of being a pastor uh, on your own now and, 
and developing your elders. And then I ranted in this room with you two for about 10 minutes about 20-ounce coffee cups <laughs> and how much time it took me to deal with just some co coffee cups that were inadvertently purchased that were 20 ounces, and how much time it took just to resolve that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is, this is a, what goes on. Nobody knows it. Nobody believes it. But you go on and keep talking, and somebody else gets involved, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're just coffee cups. But Yeah. And so you can get distracted. Yeah. And yeah. Instead, of, instead of allowing the – the crisis of the moment, which was a, a serious one, right? It could have split the church uh, that the uh, Greek-speaking widows yes, were being not, overlooked. Not, not your church with coffee cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, okay. No, the, the one in Acts 6. <laughs> but that wasn't really the point. The point was how quickly and simply the, uh, the apostles could resolve it because they had non-negotiables. We are called by God to be the ministry of the Word. That's what we must to be yeah. about. And so I did that sermon, but I didn't feel like I hit it like I wanted to, and but I had a two-week break from preaching, so it just simmered. That's never good. Yeah, and so, you know, you get too much time thinking, and you just keep adding and adding and adding yeah, to your I had, sermon. Yeah, uh, I had two weeks off from preaching, so I came back with a 70-minuter. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But it was an excellent sermon. I will also highly recommend Matt's Matt's series, whole series through the book of Luke is worth listening to. I've I've never been disappointed. I, I don't think you have a bad sermon in there. Um mm -hmm. and he's at the Vine MKE, right? With the v as in Victor. Yeah. Like so, I am the vine and yeah. you're the branches, but he's not the vine. But the vine MKE dot org. Is that yes, it? That's it. Yeah, I got so it. So your your sermon though, um, your your main burden in it was not merely the centrality of scripture, but the if I can use this, the practical or functional centrality of the Bible. Yeah, um, actually working itself out in people's lives. Yeah, not just pastors, but the lives of everybody. Meaning the not more just, that you have just in word only, but indeed, it yeah. actually controls your decisions. It and, actually and it also makes life simpler. Like the apostles resolved their problem quickly because they already had these non-negotiables. It wasn't reactive. They already knew how they were going to handle it. And if people would learn to develop these biblical convictions ahead of time, then as stuff hits them, they can put it against, these are non-negotiables in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and now I can just make a, a, a decision. It may not make it easy but it, or pleasant, but it makes it very easy. Yeah. Um, in all of that, you have been reading some books. Um, on the Enneagram. Yeah, just stuff like that. And evangelicalism is infatuated with the newest fad all the time. So the Enneagram is now one. But you, so you're reading books like that. You came across some clips from uh, pastors, very prominent pastors, seemingly negotiating on things or equivocating or yeah. whatever. And so that was burning in you as well. Yep. And one of those clips was um, Tim Keller. Now, I didn't mention that his name from the pulpit. I just said a very prominent pastor. In fact, many of you would have at least one of his books. And, and yeah, and I ranted just simply that here was a, a, a simple question posed and – he could would not. It's not that he could not, but he would not over a span of six minutes. He could not 
just simply give a simple answer, which was yes. And and we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So do you, you want me to hit play on? Yeah, just play it. All right. So, and then pause it and then comment. Well, you tell me where you want to. All right. All right. You too. All um, right. Yeah. So we, we have no idea. And we're going to be sticking my mo- microphone down by my computer. But this is uh, from the Veritas Foundation. It was posted back in 2011. So I want you guys to understand that this is not something that he just did today. This is back when he's out there doing his stuff and he's actually among a bunch of atheists and skeptics, and that's all fine. Um, and he's asked an honest question. That's all. It's an honest question, but it's not a difficult one as a Christian to answer. So um, we'll go from there. Only one God, and that there is only one way to approach that God. If, yes, if, okay, yes, if. I'm speaking as a Christian here. If Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that is, if he is the Son of God from heaven, if he is, uh, if he really was bodily raised from the dead, and if he was our original creator, I mean, if all that's true, that's what he says, then of course it'd have to be just one way to God because our souls would need him or they would shrivel eternally just like your body needs food or it would shrivel. I mean, the fact is my body needs food or it will shrivel. That's not narrow-minded to say. That's just the way it is. If Jesus is who he said he is, then our souls would have to get him in order to be eternally full and thrive. And if we don't get him, then we would eternally... All right, pause that. So right there, his, his, his whole launching point, I think, is faulty in the sense that he is approaching it based upon what you need versus Jesus declaring, no, it's because I am who I am. Yeah. Right? Mm. But, but he's coming at it. Here's what you need. It's a very consumeristic approach. Here's what you need. Here's what your soul needs. Otherwise, you're going to shrivel up. So he doesn't just quote a clear statement, as many in the comments had made. Why didn't he just quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life? But he's approaching that. Here's what you need. Therefore. Yeah. And he, he so he starts out with that big if. Mm-hmm. If. And it's like, the problem with it is that he's a rationalist. Um, in his apologetical style. So he wants to present the gospel in the sense of in the marketplace of ideas as if it's one among many, but it's not. There's the marketplace of ideas, and then there's the gospel. Yeah, well, Jesus doesn't ask us to follow him because he's the best possible answer to satisfying your soul. He tells us to follow him because he's Lord, and he is to be declared as such. And, but, but if you approach it very man-centered that way, you've, you've already lost. I would argue you have. Anything yeah, I would on your, that too. I mean, I, you jump in whenever we're both kind of rude about that, and we just no, kind of talk when we feel like it. But it is our podcast, not yours. Yes, I'm a <laughs> sojourner in this room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so keep going? Keep going. And we shrivel. So to say... Uh, it seems so narrow to claim that there's only one way to God. To say that actually <laughs> precludes the possibility that Jesus is who he says he is. I mean, if he is who he says he is, then that's what, we're, that's what we have to say. If he's not who he says he is, then of course it's narrow. 
So basically, you have to sit down and ask yourself the question about the facts of Jesus' life and look at that and not, not say, I don't even want to look at Jesus. I don't even want to hear the claims of Christianity because they seem so exclusive. All right, so I'm going to stop there because he also is, again, now he's reformed, and he would claim to uphold the Westminster Confession as a Presbyterian pastor. And at that point, he was still the pastor. I think he's now off staff. I think he's retired. He's got pancreatic yeah, cancer, he's got which cancer is not now. good. Um, but he, 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 you can hear him again. He's treating this as if all of these people potentially could neutrally just sit down and look at the data and start to ask themselves, well, what are we going to do with this? As if rationally... The, the the mind of man is not at enmity with God. That's my mm-hmm. that's my gut problem or core problem with him is he's presuming that we're a lot better than we are, and all we have to do is appeal to that mind and that rational side of, and just ask people. Let's take an honest look at this together, as if an unbeliever is able to do that apart from the uh, regenerating, right. enlightening yep. work of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. <laughs> You nailed it on the head where there's absolutely no way that somebody can ascertain what is true unless the Spirit actually illumines them to that fact. So for me to look at some unbeliever and just lay out a data set before them, um, it's not going to make any more sense than it would if I'm plumbing through a manual of some you know, high-end technology that I've never seen before. Right. I mean, that's a bad analogy because it breaks down. Um, but the point is, like, unless God is pleased to actually work and affect truth in their hearts and minds and soul— They've got nothing. Yeah, I, I just find it, I agree with you. I find it interesting he's trying to make this distinction between narrowness and not narrowness. He says if if Jesus is truly the only way, it's not narrow. If he's one option among others, it is narrow. What's curious to me about that statement is Jesus is the only yeah. way, and he himself says it's narrow. <laughs> this is the narrow gate, you know? And but but he he's constantly motivated by wanting a seat at the table. Uh, he you know he wants to have a conversation with the secular world and uh, yeah. be winsome about it. And if you were to look at the video, you could also see how his body language is actually kind of fun to watch because it's he's squeamish. He is. He's wiggling and stuff, and you, it's like he's trying to embrace the fact that we appreciate that you guys aren't comfortable with that and you don't like this. And and hey, I I, I empathize with you. I I'm I understand. It's like. No, of course they don't like this. Uh, anyhow, so hit play again. So where does that leave the millions of Muslims, Sikhs, and Jews? Are they sadly and completely deluded? People who never heard about Jesus or never really got a hearing about Jesus. I'm not talking about them because some of those people have heard about I'm talking about the millions of right. Muslims Sikhs and Jews mm-hmm. who have heard about Jesus, mm-hmm. where does your thesis leave them? Where- <laughs> Pastor Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> yes. There are millions of Sikhs and Hindus and Jews and Muslims who have heard about Jesus. What are you saying to them? Are you saying that they're wrong and that Jesus is the only way? Uh, for that, I'm going to give a relatively simple answer. Yes. And, and Pastor Miller, how would you answer that question? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I did too. It's like, yes. 
Now, you, now, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it, right? But let's just... Yes. <laughs> this is not hard, folks. It's so, like- so we're right now two minutes in, and he's quoted not a single Bible verse, but he has posed the if, if it would appear, it seems. He even tried to reframe the question. The question was, are you saying that of these people? And then he says, well, there's a lot of people throughout the world who have never heard of him. So he's trying to take it down a path. And the guy actually is being more honest than he is. He's like, I don't know. answer the question, yeah. Uh, yeah, and my question is this, and we're going to hear him ask it more times. And so, again, let's just hear how he doesn't answer. Where they are right now, that means that if – they, there's never any change. They don't get Jesus. If he is who he said he is, then long term, they don't have God. If, on the other hand, uh, they, they, you know, all I can always say about this is God gives me, as a, even as a minister with a scripture, a lot of information on a need-to-know basis. And a need-to-know basis means here's all I can tell you. Uh, unless you get Jesus Christ, who created you to start with, Unless you are reunited uh, with him sometime, there is no eternal future for, of thriving. It just makes sense. Again, I'm trying. Okay. You want to talk about no future of thriving before I rant? So one of you rant, please, so I don't <laughs> own this whole time. I mean, we all know that Jesus came that we could thrive, right? I mean, it's just one big party. This guy, I mean... <laughs> Wow. I, I, I'm fed up Remember, with Remember, he's a guest. <laughs> he does not represent the views of this podcast. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I get very frustrated with Keller just because he's so wishy-washy and all this kind of stuff. And the reality is it's like, look, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your confession and that's your hope. It's much more than thriving that's promised you. Like you have the promise of sins being forgiven. You have the promise being given that you have a spirit who is a helper, who will sanctify you in all truth. You have the promise that's eternity that's awaiting you. It's not a matter of just thriving, whatever the heck that is supposed to mean. Well, yeah, and if you were to talk to many, many people who overtly reject Christ or just overt atheists, many of them would not say they're not thriving. Yeah, we we had a post recently on the page. where the I, I Which page? Uh, the Course in the Chaos. Um, that that that's a that uh, that bad of... one, yeah. Um, <laughs> we we posted something that was basically like any unbeliever doesn't know their history well if they would ultimately reject a Christian society. I mean, just a basic statement of truth. And many people were like, oh, "I'd be perfectly happy and content without Christianity ever existing." Never mind, you know, the thousands of just if you ignore the gospel. And I'm not saying do that, but the the billions upon billions of positive influences it has had throughout the world history. Like it's... Like hospitals. Yeah. I mean, basic stuff, right? Women's rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abolition of slavery. But yeah, I mean, to your point though, I mean, Keller, he's saying, um, you know, you're going to have this benefit, if you will, right, but, or, or thriving as he calls it, but many atheists don't care. They're perfectly happy in their sin. And, mm-hmm. and this actually, and you guys will hear it a little bit further in, he won't use the words. He, he doesn't want to frame this in scriptural, even though he said, the, I have the scriptures, but he won't appeal to the scriptures. And it's because he's talking to a skeptic, and so he, he abandons the one thing that God says is true 
and he is, um, sorry, I'm playing with my microphone because I have to turn it back and forth, but he abandons that one source of absolute truth, and he instead descends into his own rational argument, argumentation. And, and you're going to hear his theology on hell and heaven come out as well. And it's, it's actually rather disturbing, but we'll probably pause there because I'll probably want to see something else. I'm trying to go back to this idea that, that if he is who he says he is, you've got to have him. If right now a person doesn't have him, then he, needs to get, he or she needs to get him. If, if, they, if they die and they've never, if they, if they die and they don't have Jesus Christ, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how you can say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> you just said, <laughs> yeah, that's it's Joel like a Joel Osteen, Osteen right? yeah. <laughs> that that is, yeah. no, I mean we we gotta find that clip. <laughs> oh, where, where, that's great. What's his face, Stephen? Larry, Larry, Larry King. Larry King. Stephen yeah. King. What <laughs> happens to Muslims and Hindus? And I, he I just don't know. You know, saying, that's that's above my pay grade. And uh, you know, I just know. Did you see the 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 riff Lawson did on that? Where he was at? I think he had to have been at Shepherd's Conference or something. And he, he's quoting Osteen in that whole interview. And then he just blasts him. He's like, give us some men that know the truth. Give us men like Edwards and Owens. And they just, I mean, Lawson just doing what he does best. <laughs> but, but again, you're listening to a man with a room full of unbelievers who desperately need Christ. And, and he's like, and they die without him? I don't know. I'll tell you. I mean, I was an atheist. Like, I freely admit that. If someone had just said that as an atheist— I mean, God forbid my dad would have never just point blank looked at me and said, you need to repent and trust in Christ, right? I mean, such a simple statement that I hated, but the reality is it put me down a road where I had to study the scriptures and actually came to faith as a result. More to be said, but I won't. Okay, some more? In other words, I have a need-to-know basis. This is the only thing I know. You need Jesus. Uh, I certainly know that God is wiser than me, more merciful than me. And per, I do know that when I finally find out how God is dealing with every individual soul, I won't have any, uh, I won't have any questions about okay, it. Okay, but if this is the only way to God, and if Christians are heading for a place called heaven, does that mean, therefore, by deduction, that millions of Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, Jews, all of whom hold their faith with enormous integrity, all of them are heading for hell. Yes. There's a lot of people who were born in Indianapolis, <laughs> Indiana, and they grew up. Have you ever heard a man work so hard at not answering the question that he knows the answer to? Can you imagine Peter on Acts 2? Men of Israel. <laughs> We're not sure. We think, though, that maybe Jesus is the way that he died and was rose again. At least that's what our perceptions tell us. That's my point, is, is Peter is not there saying, do any of you Jews right now feel unhappy or incomplete? We want or like you a to thrive. Soul? Right. He just declares Jesus as Lord, repent, turn to him, or this will happen. And he also says to those well-meaning, holding their faith dearly and consistently, Jews, this Christ or this Jesus whom you murdered. <laughs> yeah. 
but God raised from the dead. I, it's like he—he doesn't—he's not trying to enter the marketplace of ideas. He shoves it in their face and says, "Here it is." Now we know some people will talk about Acts seventeen. We'll get to that uh, in yeah. a second, but. Again, I, I just have to rest. My stomach is in a knot all over again. Imagine Peter just being like, we know several people in Galilee, and he just evades the question. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> more. In First Baptist Church there, who are also headed for a Christless eternity. A Christless eternity. What's that called? Is there a word for that? What's a Christless eternity, people? Uh, Matt, you want to cover this one? Well, what is, never mind, I don't want to call her out. I what, my say wife? H- oh, I was going to say, <laughs> okay, you're just going to do it for me. She says, well, it's H-E double toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she's like, well, I don't want to Real cuss. fire and brimstone there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she doesn't want to swear. And I'm like, you know, God's up there ready to get you. And then, oh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> toothpicks. She's so Every once in a while, she'll say double hockey sticks. <laughs> That's what I grew up hearing. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> uh, every human being chooses an identity. It's either chosen, it's either based on the grace of God, or it's basically based on your own performance and your own ability, and therefore on your own self. And if a billion years from now you've put your hope in the grace of God, you will be beautiful and happy. If you, a billion years from now, you've put your, you base your identity on your own self and your own abilities and your own performance, you'll be miserable. In fact, you can see it even now, self-centered. Let me me just say why that doesn't answer any questions for people. Most people who are in other forms of religion do think that they're getting to God by His grace in some way, because the works that they have to perform, the religious system that they're in, they think that is the grace through which they become, to use his phrase, united with God. So it doesn't answer the question. And he frames it again. A billion years from now, the man he's sitting across from is not going to be unhappy or or unfulfilled or miserable. He's going to be in the outer darkness with a gnashing of teeth and where the worm does not die. Uh, again, there's a pastoral aspect in my heart that aches in my anger because it's like, I mean, how do you say it? I, there's a lot of things I want to say, but it's just like, just declare the way of salvation. Yes. Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, mm-hmm. to the Jew first and then to the Greek the skeptic, right? For the wrath of God is revealed against... Right. Uh, anyhow. People are miserable even now, not a billion years from now. So, there are plenty of people who are raised Christians. There's plenty of people who were raised in First Baptist Church, but in their hearts have not turned toward the grace of God. People in other religions, unless they find Christ, I don't know any other way, but I also get information on a need-to-know basis. So if there's some, if there's some trapdoor or something like that, I haven't been told about it. But I, I also don't... Uh, yes, the, uh, <laughs> the infamous trapdoor passage in Luke. Matt, you're going to get to that pretty quickly, aren't you? Uh, no, no. <laughs> 
No. I, 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 okay, I think I've said it twice now, but I think this is fundamentally what's wrong with our evangelistic approach yeah. is we keep approaching it in a very man-centered way. This is not about your, your, your inadequate feelings, your withering feelings, your lack of fulfillment. Um, that's what the American gospel offers uh, to fill you up on that kind of stuff. Yeah, right, that God-shaped hole. Yeah. Um, rather, we are to declare the true Lord of the universe, which is Jesus Christ, and either you will bow to him or you won't. That's the issue. So, so we are to preach a Christ-centered gospel, not a man-centered one. But when you approach it through this consumeristic stuff, again, most people, most people don't feel unfulfilled or unhappy, at least in this country. And if they do, it's in some psychological category. Yep. So in Matthew, he says it a little bit more verbosely than Luke does. Enter, this is Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate. Why? For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, not being miserable in a billion years, to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow, except for those trap doors that we don't know about, but there could be. And, and if they are, we wouldn't be upset if those exist because how are we to know? We only know what the scripture says that we won't declare because we're not ready to declare it. But maybe, I mean, we just don't want you to be miserable. That's not what it says. The way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few on it who, who find it. Now, don't think I'm saying he's a false prophet, but then he turns on and says, beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. People can take this kinds of words and they can run with this kind of stuff and think this, this is good. This is how, what, what's the trending Twitter thingy that's going on about, uh, or you were talking about co I can't pronounce his name, Kobe, Colbert. I say Colbert. Oh, Colbert. Colbert. Yeah. Who's, who's being lifted up as how we now should winsomely engage culture. And that came from, that's that came because from Keller. of Keller, who's like, we could, Christians could learn from him. I mean, never mind he's a, a practicing liberal Catholic. I mean, he doesn't even have the gospel as it is, but apparently he's got the way to be able to evangelize the lost. <sighs> that's not winsome. What Jesus just said, that's just truth, mm-hmm. absolute truth. All right, hang on, I got to get back to the video. I'm old. <laughs> there we go. All right. Now, I guess I want to know this. I want to know when, it, when a person says, I need to know everything about how God is going to deal with, in all eternity with all individuals before I can bite down on Christianity. I feel that you actually are maybe projecting your American democratic um, individualistic understanding of you really want a president or a governor or a mayor. You don't really want a king. And I can understand that because human kings, human beings are flawed and therefore monarchy was not a very good approach to things. But But if you have a perfect God, perfect king, comes and suffers in Jesus Christ then at, this, at a certain point, I trust him. How is your position fair and rational? Well, look. How is that just? I actually don't know that people in other centuries or other cultures uh, were nearly as bothered about this as people in this room. 
And you're doing a pretty good job of articulating how they, how nervous they, upset they feel about this. But uh, this idea that everybody needs to have an equal chance is not something that most people have felt was self-evident. I mean, just because everybody you know feels that way Which, doesn't mean, and that your culture feels uh, that way doesn't mean you can now come to the... When, this was 2011? Yes. What is so ironic about that statement is he's going gangbusters now to promote that very concept. And he wants to link arms with the culture to talk all about justice and equality. Yep. And Theology matters. Theology matters and convictions matter. Because it controls you. Yes. Yep. It guides you. Yep. And I hope everyone is just hearing. Now, this is part three of 11 clips. And so, and we're not going to go through them all. And perhaps at some point he actually looks at the whole crowd and says, listen, here's what the scripture says. But he is working overtime. We're now six minutes and 27 seconds into a simple question with a simple answer that he could then let them get upset and he could say, I can only tell you what the scripture declares and I hold that it is true. And, you know, and, and now develop a robust uh, declaration of the gospel and the nature of sin and salvation. But he doesn't. He still, boy. Yeah, if you, if you truly believe that this spirit works exclusively through the word, and not rhetoric. I don't know how how he can justify this kind of approach. Yeah, in fact, we'll yeah. do a quick commercial because we will be doing a series. We got several series coming up, but uh, once we get finished with uh, eschatology and systematic theology, we're going to do a long series on apologetics and the nature of defending the faith because there's different schools of thought, and he's of a different school than we are. We're what are called presuppositional, um, and he's a rationalist. And it's a different approach. And so he's trying to argue at the level of ra of the rational level. And that's why the guy even says, how is that even rational? It doesn't matter if it's rational to you or not. Um, it, it just is. The clicks are, that you're hearing are Mr. Gilbert's inability to keep his pipe lit. You know, they, uh, they go out from time to time, and you just got to stoke that flame. Yeah. Oh, just. <laughs> All right, let's finish this out. A few more seconds. Bible and Christian teaching and say, because we Western individualistic people don't like this part of biblical revelation, it can't be true. The fact is, in the Middle East, where people are not nearly as bothered by this idea that some religions are right and some religions are wrong, that's not their problem with Christianity at all. For more information about the Veritas Forum, <laughs> All right. Any other comments that you want to make on this? I, I find it sad. Um, you know, it angers me, but I find it sad more than anything because here you have a man that literally has a prime opportunity to just proclaim the truth, and yet he shrinks back. Um, there's no other way I can see it. And I, I've interacted with enough people who love Keller and love all his materials and talk about how he's you know, making inroads that other Christians would not be able to make simply because he's so quote-unquote winsome. But at the end of the day, when the man doesn't just get up and proclaim the gospel boldly, like a lion-hearted man, and just simply say, this is what Scripture proclaims, and this is what it teaches us, I, I see a man that's ashamed of the gospel. And, yeah, I, 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 I want to defend him a little bit. I don't think he is. I just think, but, but it sure comes across that way. Yeah. Um, but this, is, this was done in 2011, and we're now in 2022. 
And this was, it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse. And, and my argument in my sermon was, look, the storm clouds are coming, and you're either prepared or you're not. I, I, I was thinking of the parable of um, a house built on sand and the, and, and the rock, which is his word. And that when the storm hits, one stands and one is washed away. And um, I, my concern for my people is that they're caught up in the whatever is the current outrage of the day, and, and yet they're still not thinking, what are the non-negotiables within my marriage, my home, my job, my, the society that drive me? And I say, here I stand, and I, I, I have no other choice. I will stand here and declare it. Um, we need that. We need that kind of pulpit. We don't need this. Would you... Any parting comment before I give us our sign-off? No, 100%. I would agree with you on that. So we hope – I don't hope, I don't think we want you to enjoy this podcast, <laughs> um, but we hope that it was eye-opening to you. Um, this is the kind of stuff that's out there, and it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse. Uh, we do plan on doing other hot topics. Um, <laughs> I should play that. Oh, I don't have the clip anymore. Hot pockets or topics. <laughs> Now being sued. <laughs> we will be on the Roy's report. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Swanson will now be providing proof of our plagiarism. Um, anyhow, uh, we do ask that you continue to listen to us, so share these things. Make sure to tune in, join the conversation. We do want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, we A quick little statement to you also is uh, people are making comments and questions uh, via our app, and... I am responding to them. I finally figure out how the inbox works. Um, and you should be checking back on the app because the responses go back to you uh, via the app. So if you asked a question, um, please go back and check to see if I've answered it. And if not, say, hey, you haven't answered me. Uh, it's just because uh, I, I haven't found you yet. But regardless, don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, review on iTunes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell a friend.